Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, November 2nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Economists have dampened their hopes for a recovery in Europe after the latest wave of lockdowns, and the UK's lockdowns have business leaders searching for support. Plus, it's no secret that the aerospace sector has been one of the hardest hit industries during the pandemic. So what will Brexit do to aircraft makers? We'll have an aerospace expert on to talk about it. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The coronavirus winter that everyone's been worried about for months, well, it looks like it got here early. Coronavirus cases have been surging across Europe, and several countries, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, have all entered lockdowns, which means on the economic recovery side of things, well, that's not looking too good either. The FT surveyed 18 economists, and they expect the Eurozone economy to shrink by 2.3%. That's worse than what they predicted before the restrictions were announced. The chief economist at Barclays told the FT that manufacturing has held up relatively well, but there are still major concerns about the service economy. Despite the sour outlook, economists say countries have two things going for them. One, these countries have been around the block, and they understand how to cope with lockdowns better than when things were brand new in the spring. And two, these measures aren't as harsh as the ones that were imposed earlier in the year. And the UK government announced its second lockdown over the weekend. It'll put strict curbs on travel and close pubs and restaurants, and it could last longer than four weeks, especially if the virus isn't declining by then. And businesses are saying, what is the UK government going to do to help us? Business leaders called for more financial help from the government. The leader of the CBI Employers Organization called the lockdown a body blow. The British retail consortium said it would cause untold damage to the high street in the run-up to Christmas. The UK Treasury is drawing up new support for the self-employed, but bars, pubs, and shops say they're having problems paying rent and say that furlough payments aren't going to help with that. And now, a look at Brexit. Britain is leaving the European single market at a time when aerospace is going through the worst crisis in living memory. So how will Brexit affect the sector and its prospects? David Bond, the FT's Brexit editor, and Peggy Hollinger, international business editor, discuss the question with input from aerospace expert Tom Williams. So Peggy, let's put this in context first. How important is aerospace to the British economy? It's hugely important. Aerospace is one of our biggest exporting sectors. Roughly more than £30 billion a year gets exported from the UK. More than 100,000 direct uh, jobs involved in this sector. It's a high-value sector. It's precisely the kinds of jobs that we say we want. They're highly skilled, highly paid. It's a hugely important sector to the UK. Now, you've interviewed Tom Williams, a former Airbus executive who now heads a UK industry supply chain task force. What was he telling you about how the industry is coping, given everything going on with the pandemic and what sort of support they've been getting from governments? 
Well, in January, this industry was preparing to ramp up substantially its production. We had a boom in aircraft orders. We had booming passenger traffic. Companies were investing hundreds of millions in new equipment to produce ever more. And all of a sudden, we have COVID, passenger traffic collapses. So all this kit that people have invested in is just sitting there idle. And now there's no real recovery in sight. So from a cash perspective... Tom, who in his job as the head of the UK Aerospace Supply Chain Task Force is talking to these companies to try and identify where the weaknesses are, you know, we're recognising there's a huge cash issue for these companies who not only will they have a very difficult winter, but when we do start seeing people get back on the planes when the vaccines come into play, these companies will be asked to ramp up again, and they simply won't have the cash to do that. And I think the industry feels very hard done by because here in the UK, we've taken an approach that the government does not like to pick winners, does not like to favour certain sectors over others. So its approach to the emergency loans, which has been very welcome, and the furlough schemes, very welcome, but its approach has been agnostic. There's been nothing sector specific. Whereas you look in France and you can see that in France, they unveiled a 15 billion euro package for aerospace and aviation. And in Germany, you've got a 7 billion euro hydrogen strategy. And they have very clearly stated that they want to be at the forefront of emission-free aviation, looking at hydrogen for aircraft. So I think, you know, Tom is very concerned about whether we here in the UK are disadvantaging our aerospace industry, which was once the second biggest in the world and has already fallen to the third. Now, regulation is another area where companies are facing uncertainty. The UK has chosen not to be part of the European Regulatory Agency, EASA, and instead to bolster the UK's Civil Aviation Authority. Peggy, you asked Tom what he thought were the implications of not being at the top table at this moment of great technological change when the aerospace industry is trying to create cleaner, greener aircraft. Let's just hear what he said. Aviation has done you know, a lot in the past years to improve its environmental footprint, but there's more will need to be done. And clearly that leads towards a next generation of aircraft, probably sometime towards 2030, 2035. The UK has the technical capability to play a key role in that. I think the question will be more in this case, how does it make sure that it's well positioned and what platforms will it do that on? Is it realistic to think that the CAA will be in a position to take over EASA's responsibilities from January the 1st? And you know, what are the chances that we can have a bilateral agreement for mutual recognition right away? I think already something like 700 companies in the UK have applied to have what's called kind of third country recognition. Uh, they want to supply under EASA rules. I think to then say, well, let's go and set up or re-establish the CAA, all of the best capability and certification was folded into EASA back in 2007. Uh, clearly, it takes time to recreate that. I think the uh, CAA can look to sign bilateral agreements. I think there have been already some outline agreements signed with the FAA, but those are subject to validation. And so I think there is always the risk that these kind of validation issues can get tied up in political issues, certainly in terms of timescale and willingness to do it. Uh, so for me, I think it needs a deep team of strong expertise 
ideally who've got a lot of experience in certifying previous programs. Standing up such a team takes time and good quality people. It certainly isn't something you can do in a matter of weeks. So, Peggy, it's clear it's going to take some time for the UK Safety Agency to build the confidence of other countries' regulators, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. The whole global aviation and aerospace industry works on a system of mutual recognition. You have to realise that aviation is one of the most heavily regulated, certified industries out there. And that system of mutual recognition means that, you know, if you certify something with the FAA in the United States, that EASA has enough confidence that it will automatically certify what has been certified by the FAA. So the issue then for the UK is that it's going to take several years for that level of confidence in the CAA's procedures to be uh, created. And in the meantime, what does this mean for the UK and UK aerospace companies? Pretty much what it means is they won't be at the top table of these regulators when they're drawing up the rules and regulations for the next generation of aircraft. And standards can be a competitive weapon. If you are a French company, you can lobby your regulator to ensure those rules and regulations favour the type of technology that you might have. If we're not there, if we're outside the room, our industry is disadvantaged. I asked Tom whether there were any steps that we could take here in the UK to minimise that disadvantage. I think for me, two steps. One is to make sure that there is a Brexit agreement. Even if it's not a perfect agreement, it can be hopefully built on later in a pragmatic way. So I think that would bring clarity. It would help a lot of the smaller companies, which I think now fear that they're going to be loaded down with bureaucracy. I think the UK needs to find a strong relationship with EASA very quickly, even if that's as a a third tier or as an external member, as is the case for countries like Norway. And I think the UK needs to also be working very hard to build stronger relationships in the whole European technology and development, particularly when we look to green aircraft of the future. That was Tom Williams speaking earlier to Peggy Hollinger, the FT's international business editor. Peggy, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, David. And before we go, more than 93 million Americans have voted early in this year's presidential election. as according to the U.S. Elections Project, and that unprecedented surge has really made a mark in Texas and Hawaii. Early voting has passed those two states' entire vote total from 2016. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.